0: Welcome to the Sense of Soul podcast. We are
1: your hosts, Shannon and Mandy. Grab your coffee, open your mind, heart, and soul. It's time to awaken. Today with us, we have Kelly Sparta. She is the spirit doctor. Kelly is a shaman, healer, psychic channel, medium, and empath. She is a hardcore spiritual speaker who has, many times over, given everything in pursuit of her spiritual growth. She is a connector, a community builder, and a networker. She is a master of manifestation and uses the law of attraction to create her reality. She is a singer, a songwriter, a poet, and a writer. She offers spiritual coaching, and she hosts transformational events like retreats. She is also the host of the Spirit Sherpa podcast. We are super honored to have her today to share with us her journey her practices, how she became to be this amazing healer that she is. Thank you so much, Kelly, for joining us. It is such a pleasure. We're so excited to have you. I'm excited
2: to be here.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much.
1: Let me ask you a question first. Cussing or no
2: cussing? Fuck no. Okay. (laughs) Fuck no cussing. Shit. I hate (laughs) that.
0: We don't have a filter, but we've embraced it and we kind of like it.
2: <laughs> yeah, my, my podcast has a lot of cussing. So I just needed to check in because I didn't yeah. ask in the last one I did. And I was like, oh, shit, am I allowed to say this or not? <laughs> uh, who does the music at the beginning? Is that you? That's me. I wrote <gasps> that and I sang it. Do you have like the full? Yeah, long- yeah it's because- in the show notes. Man, it is so beautiful. I wrote it when I was on Walkabout and I recorded it when I got back from Walkabout so there's two versions there's melody and the harmony right so the melody is actually what i wrote initially while i was on walkabout the harmony i came back in and wrote later when i got back and Mm -hmm. it was all the things that i was feeling that i wasn't saying oh you know the feeling good and feeling strong knowing that this path i'm on brings me to myself and it's like i'm so lonely right? It's just, it's it's all those things. This is what I'm saying to the other people. This is what I'm feeling in the background, right? My whole life, I wanted to have a good voice.
0: And I was really pissed when I came back from my near-death experience and didn't have a good voice.
1: <laughs> I'll say that I've had some vocal lessons and it <laughs> helps a lot. <laughs> Yesterday, um, my daughter and I were talking. I'm from Louisiana, so I have a momma. So my mama used to sing to us, just nothing really it was like na, 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 na. and I, I'll never forget it like that was it my daughter said my mom she was just singing that very same tune and I said yeah I said I think it's generational people might hear it and think oh my god <laughs> but it was like angelic to my ears as a child yeah oh, I love yeah. that do you sing it now Shanna I have sang it to all of my children <laughs>
2: Uh, yeah uh, one of the things uh, you guys are gonna find with the sound healing is that it's not always pretty. Sound healing is not meant to be pretty. It's, it's not a performance. Mm-hmm. It's an energetic movement of stuff. And so uh, like most
1: healing yeah
2: is gonna sound what it sounds. Sometimes it's beautiful. sometimes it's you know coughing and hacking <laughs> you know, sometimes it's silence sometimes. Ooh you know, it's laughing. I can't tell you how many healing sessions I've done with people where I'm literally up behind them in their hair going, (laughs) because they're just taking themselves far too seriously. And the spirit is just bringing the funny. And that's what they needed was just to break open. You know what I love is that throat singing. Mm, Tuvin. It, it is yeah. its own practice. Basically what you're doing is you're working with both the greater and the lesser vocal folds. If you think about gorillas, they only have greater right. vocal folds. Okay. They... To make those sounds. <laughs> <gasps> totally. And, yes. and then the lesser vocal folds are what allow us to speak. And wow. so you're actually loosening up the throat muscles and relaxing the throat to allow the greater folds to participate in the process. You have to work at it. It's kind of like learning how to play didgeridoo. Same idea. It breaks your brain for a little bit until you get it. And then you're okay.
0: (laughs) Part of my story is I used to work in a strip club in Vegas as a cocktail waitress. And there was this dancer and oh my God, she was a beautiful soul I I loved her but she had what was diagnosed as Tourette's now she wouldn't cuss but she would make like sometimes it'd be beautiful noise sometimes it'd be like animal noises sometimes it would scare people sometimes it was like angelic and I'm just sitting here thinking like I wonder if it was really a gift but our world conditioned her into thinking that it was shit she was a stripper which she was- oh yeah she was medicated and hidden in her basement because her parents were embarrassed mm-hmm. by her finally when she got old enough she spit the medication out ran away from home and put herself through college at UNLV by stripping
1: oh we need to have her on our podcast that's amazing
0: clearly yeah she, she was awesome I, her name i'll never i don't know her real name but her stage name was fitting it was bonita there <laughs> you was, go she was beautiful
2: yeah There's a lot of people who believe that schizophrenia is shamanism that didn't quite land properly. In my experience, I've seen both where it is actually a disability and and where it is actually shamanism that hasn't landed. Shamanism is not a kind mistress. (laughs) It's very in-your-face and challenging. You either integrate your shadows or they eat you. Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to and so there are many shamans who just don't make the initiation they just don't manage to get through it yeah
1: actually I took a few classes and after my first one and reading some books and whatnot I said no I don't think that this is something I can do I can't go to that next level which I've seen people I teach Reiki so I've seen people do that with Reiki as well yeah you know some parts of it I just was like I don't think I want that responsibility
2: hmm yeah, oh, that's interesting. I don't know what version of so I do transformational shamanism, which you will discover if you do any research into it at all. On my website is very different than traditional shamanism. Traditional okay. shamanism is they're doing ayahuasca, they're doing sweat lodges, they're doing fire walks, they're they're doing a lot of work with the ancestors and, you know, things like that. We are doing a, an internal process, bringing people through their personal evolution into the fullest expression of their authentic selves to find their purpose on the planet. And that's what our version of shamanism is, which is a deep dive into your shadows. Eventually, honestly, you don't get there until like year two and a half. So there's stages that people go through, right? First, you have to be able to hold the idea of personal transformation, which if you came out of a challenged childhood means that you are always seeing everything as a potential threat. You have to get past the point where everything looks like a threat before you can even begin to think about changing because change by definition takes you out of your comfort zone. And if anything out of your comfort zone looks threatening, you're going to attack before you do anything else. You're like a soldier who's been out on the field, been awake for 48 hours straight. Anything that comes at you, shoot first, ask questions later. That's a safer path, right? (laughs) Because you're just like, ah, and that is really how it is. And so the very first step is to find emotional safety because until you can find that sense of emotional safety where you're not constantly on guard, not constantly hyper vigilant for things to go wrong and things like that, then you can't make change. And then the next stage is to really solidify your sense of self. Your identity. And if you came up in anything remotely codependent, then that is totally toast at the moment, you know, because we smush ourselves with the people around us. That's why we're empaths, right? The sense of where you end and someone else begins is really not clear. And so you have to do that so that you're clear what's yours and what's not yours. And you can't do the work until you know that. And then After you've solidified that container, then you can go in and start working on your stuff. A lot of people try to skip to that third step and then they don't do very well with it. They fail. They you know they think they've made a breakthrough and then they fall right back because they can't hold it because they haven't done the other two steps. Those two steps are not your shadows will eat you steps. (laughs) Those are much easier steps, actually. Surprisingly, not so hard steps. They're brain bending but they're not like terrifying. They're not scary. Although when people go to step into them, they can sometimes go <sighs> When you're right up against something that's gonna change you, you can feel it, right? If you don't get a sense of <gasps> and a little scared or a lot scared about something, then you're probably not gonna get much out of it. That's a good indicator that change is gonna
1: happen for you, right? And I love that feeling. Oh, like, yeah. oh What you're feeling inside of pain. I welcome, I welcome pain. Yeah. <laughs> You sure you're
2: no, not on a shamanic more.
1: path? Because, it's, you know, that sounds an awful lot like the shamanic approach to life. I just know that this is the only way that I've grown in life. I don't see it as suffering. Okay, because suffering would be long term, mm-hmm. where I see pain as temporary. But let's learn here. Let's grow from this. This is a, this is challenging us.
2: I had a friend of mine who used to say pain is required. Suffering is optional, right? Right. And, yeah. And, you know, the pain is thing. there. And the suffering Uh is what happens if you become attached to and in love with your pain. When you fall in love with your pain, when you fall in love with your victim, that's where suffering
1: comes. So Mandy had gave me this, she gifted me for my birthday, this two hour session with like a medium and she was a shaman. Mm -hmm. Well, I was going through an ancestral journey at the time. My ancestors, a shaman, he was there and she goes, well, you need to journey to meet with him. This is what I'm being told. And I said, well, I don't know how to journey. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. And she's like, well, you need to know. She's like, this is what I'm being told. So she goes... The lady I took all of my classes with, she was trained by Sandra Ingram. She goes, so she's in your city. I was like, oh, freaking awesome. <laughs> of course, she was not doing her class at that time in our city. So I went, now everyone is there, you know, there's probably 20 people in the circle of my class and they're all there to meet spirit animals, but I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, my very first journey, I, a hawk led me into a space and here comes this wolf out of the woods. Not for two seconds, he turned into a man. Right. I had no clue what any of this stuff meant. Just wrote it all down. Everyone's like sharing. I'm like, yeah, I think I saw something, (laughs) you know, that's a few years ago. And then now um, he is a guide of mine. He helps me in my healing sessions. Yeah. But that's as far as I've gone with it when talking in terms of the word shamanism, you know, even with Reiki, I used to really attach Reiki to myself. And now I just doesn't mean the word itself doesn't mean much. Actually at this point right now, I don't know what the hell I am.
2: (laughs) Well, and I find that to be the case often. I tend to refer to Reiki as uh, training wheels for energy users. Right. Yeah. And I find that, that most people learn Reiki and then they move on. You know, it's a good Uh, foundation. And then they evolve into something else. As you evolve, you will evolve into your own stuff, right? And sometimes it'll be stuff you learned from somebody else that just really resonates with you. And sometimes it'll be your own thing. You know, I was uh, standing in line at a retreat, uh, and holding my bowl and my cup getting ready to go up for dinner. And and a friend of mine came out of a breathwork workshop and she was shredded. And I, she just walked up, I was like, oh my God, what happened to you? And she walked over and went, fix it. <laughs> Because <laughs> that's what she came to me for. She was like, "I I messed up and I can't ground and fix it." <laughs> and so I handed the my ball and my cup to the lady behind me, and I I looked at my friend and I was like, "Okay, Shunk, 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 shunk shove back into the body, rearrange, realign, heal the shreds, you know, put everything back together, go into ground, connect to the the universe." Like took me about ah, two and a half, three minutes. And it was like, right. And, and I looked at her, I was like, better. And she was like, oh, thank you. And she just left. Right. And I went to get my cup and my bowl from the lady behind me. and She looked at me and she went, that wasn't Reiki, was it? And I, and I just looked at her and I was like, and I had to think back to everything I had done because I had done a whole bunch of different things. And I went, yeah, no, none of that was Reiki. (laughs) She's like, what was that? And in that moment, I had that, you know, how, when you first come into spirituality, and you first talk to the people who are ahead of you on the journey, they say things to you that are so frustrating. And you're like, I don't, why can't you just explain it to me? Right. And I had this moment of going, ah, this is why, (laughs) because I looked at her and the only thing I would have been able to say would have sounded so arrogant. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, if you come and study with me for five years, I can begin to explain to you what I just did. Yeah. And and that would have been, it would have sounded really bad, right? Right,
1: to okay, was yeah. You
2: didn't know me from Adam, you know, whatever, yeah. right? And, and I looked at her instead and I said, eh, it's just what I do, right?
1: That's, this is so amazing. I do things like this. And because it's not part of the protocol and I have to tell my clients that all the time, like, well, this isn't really Reiki, but I know that this works, this works for me and this is how I do it, even with my students and like, well, this isn't in the manual, but this is what I do, you know, so it's, it's confirming and validating. Thank you.
3: Yeah. I love to talk to
1: people who are in this business, who are working with this energy and this healing because like you said, you can talk to somebody who's, you know, much further along than you and, and just see their experiences and, and kind of feel like, okay, I'm not, you know, so, so I'm not going off the track. Right. I'm kind of on track. Yeah. With well, following you're just following my you're,
2: own. You're making your own track now,
1: yeah. right? You've gotten to the point awesome. where you, yeah.
2: you feel comfortable and confident enough in what you're doing that you can then explore past what you've been taught and there's so many people I find in the spiritual world who feel like they so have to have a name for everything Right, and to you know I gotta tell you 90% of what I do doesn't have a freaking name
1: you know? yeah yeah so just... what's art? what do we call you I know that I love your trademark
2: oh the spirit doctor yes yes Yeah, that's been the best thing I could come up with. It's sort of like witch doctor or medicine woman or, you know, I mean, witch doctor is a little different energy, obviously, as is medicine woman, but it was the best thing I could come up with to sort of represent what I do, because it's very healing. You know, basically, the foundation of everything I do is healing. I'm a healer. That's what I do. I just do it on... A more comprehensive level than what people think of as quote-unquote a healer they think oh i'm going to go to a healer and they'll heal my body or they'll heal my energy i heal the spirit i heal the the soul the the self you know sometimes that involves working on the body or the energy field or whatever but um that's the level of work that i do
1: wow yeah. i love it and you know what i would have never gone through half of the stuff that had my ancestors not Involved me with this, yeah. which is very interesting, right? <laughs> yeah, we get
2: called. Yeah, I got called to shamanism. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> right, me neither. Yeah, I was like, huh, what? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, let's talk about growing up as a child because it looks very different than most people. This is, you were definitely receiving and using gifts at a very young age.
2: Yeah, no doubt. My mother said I was talking to ghosts in my crib. I remember my mother used to get these terrible foot cramps. So I would work on her feet. uh, I must have been like five, six years old. I would be rubbing her feet. My hands would be on fire and I would be in school and my hands would be on fire and I'd be trying to cool them off on the desk. It took me 23 years to figure out why my hands were on fire. (laughs) I connected to somebody who was uh, a Reiki master at the time and he said, my hands just turned on you know, who needs healing. I had people when I was doing hands-on healing a lot, I had people look at their backs to say, am I burned? Because it was so hot sometimes. It was just, they were like, whoa, because it can, it can go from totally cold hands to hot as anything hands. My mother raised me in the new age movement. She had gotten scared of her own abilities when she was a child and it turned them off and couldn't get them back. And so she was adamant that i would learn how to capitalize on my gifts and learn how to manage oh my god yes i picked the right parents she brought home self-help stuff from the time i was like five or six i don't know if you guys have heard of landmark and its Mm -hmm. precursor est yeah est home when i was like five or six years old Wow. It was super intense, right? So I was listening to that stuff. I was listening to Seth and Abraham Hicks and Ram Das and JC Knight and a whole ton of people I don't even remember anymore. And
1: this is, this is who you are. are You're brought up. So I've always said, I'd love to meet someone who was, who had it from the very beginning. Hello, miracle soul. (laughs) Congratulate your mother.
2: So. Yeah, so I was doing self hypnosis by the time I was 10 and tarot cards by 12. And I was doing psychic development classes in my teens and, you know, having psychic experiences and seeing ghosts by the time I was in my teens and stuff like that. So, you know, I mean, like physically seeing a ghost, it scared the crap out of me. It was right at the foot of my bed when I woke up. And I'm blind as a bat without my glasses. And I could see him perfectly clearly when I opened my eyes from sleeping. And I was like, that ain't right.
1: My daughter had that exact experience at the foot of her bed not even two weeks ago yeah and i
2: screamed and he disappeared from the waist up so he just left his waist and his feet
1: <laughs> oh i was oh like i can still God. see you and then, he well, then it all seems like a, a oh, glitch in the system there oh, No, no no <laughs> or a pause
0: yeah <laughs> why that is so creepy like leave yourself from the waist up not from just leave your oh heck no no
2: (laughs) i scared him he was a prospector you know i was living in southern california and he was like an 1800s prospector
1: Yeah. yeah we were trying to figure out my daughter's hers was a woman with she had a short haircut very short haircut and black hair white gown head down so she couldn't see her face no legs though but she was at her bed and then when she looked again she was gone completely we don't we don't have any clear about it. but she texted me at like 4 30 in, in the morning I was like oh my god mom but we've had a lot of activity in my house recently we even had an investigation here mm-hmm. it sounds like you need some words And some clearing. (laughs) Well, you know what? She wasn't afraid of the lady and none of us are afraid of whatever's here.
2: Sure. But that doesn't mean that things aren't chewing on you. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it's not there. That much activity would be that either you're on a burial ground or you've got an open vortex or something's going on in your house. And that would be definitely something that you would want to, you know, get the vortex closed, clear the house, put the wards up, protect the space. Put the energy in the space that you want to live in, rather than living in this like it's like living in a spiritual bus station if you have a vortex oh, in
1: your house. My God. yeah.
2: It'll seriously impact your well-being.
1: So we are on a burial ground.:
2: Oh yeah, well, that's why.
0: I was talking to um, this friend of mine. He's a fireman. He saved my life, so he and I have become very close. and he was telling me stories about how every single fire station in Aurora has serious activity one is children running up and down the halls while they're all trying to sleep it's night tell her about our
1: indian ground that we're on
2: you're on an indian burial ground
0: we are so we're very close to the area in which the sand creek massacre began (laughs) uh, which is you know one of the largest indian massacres and it's all around us. And they've, when they were building my home, they actually found Indian bones. So, I mean, clearly there's just a lot here.
2: Was there a mental institution nearby? Yes. Yeah. Cause that's the, the woman who's got her head down. She's from a mental institution. So that
1: was the first well, it's thing I got when, down, when I looked at her. It's, yeah. It's, it's closed, closed down. Dead. I think oh. it was in 18 18-
2: <laughs> She's dead. So, you know, that's okay. yeah that's right. <laughs>
3: Well, where yeah. are you going? Anna? So, I'm um, like
1: freaking out right now but yes but see here's the thing this whole area that we're in I'm in Saddle Rock and you could look it up so this is actually where they found so many graves that they actually had to start putting markers up the our kids high school is called Cherokee Trail it goes right through the Cherokee Trail of Tears yeah that's a hotbed yeah I don't feel any negativity
2: no, but it's not about negativity. It's just, you wouldn't want random strangers wandering through your house, even if they didn't mean you harm.
1: So when we had our investigation, she stopped counting how many people.
2: Right. That's my point. Right. That's wow, why you when you said ward. a terminal
1: or a bus. Got, you've okay. got
2: some serious activity in your home. Yeah. Every day. All day. We just all just see it. About it. Yeah. Some wards would be really good. They would definitely be okay. called for it. I'm
1: gonna, after we get off the phone, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some research and, yeah. and see what I can do. Yeah. Thank you. When
2: you have things like that, even if they don't mean to do you harm, sometimes they, they can. So I cleared an alien entity that had just sort of taken up residence in this kid's aura and was halfway in his head and was causing neurological damage. I was in a restaurant and I was across the room from the kid and I could see. So my mother went through nursing school when I was like five to seven years old, five to eight, somewhere around there. And I was her study buddy. So all of Grey's Anatomy is in my brain. <laughs> so awesome. it, it's not actually accessible most of the time, but when I get, right. when things, so get consciously. Harder, things come flying out of my mouth that were absolutely medically correct. <laughs> so, and I didn't know the terms 30 seconds earlier, but, um, but I, I noticed all the signs of neurological impact and yeah. they were very subtle. And I didn't think that the parents had any clue that that was what was going on. So I just, you know, I was across the room and I'm like, eh, it takes a village. I'll see if I have permission to do this. And I checked with the, his higher self and it was like, yes, please. And I'm like, please. Okay. And no, remove and, this alien yeah. being from my brain. And I went and I talked to the alien being and I was like, you do realize that you're doing damage to this child. And they were like, oh, no, we didn't know. Oh, we're so sorry. We'll leave right now. And I said, okay, "Okay, no worries. And and they went. That's all I needed. And I just, you know, I did a little healing from across the room and, you know, cleaned everything up. And with them being gone, he would be fine. But if they had stayed, that damage could have become permanent. And, you know, that's the sort of thing that is the random crap factor, right? It's not negative intent. It's not anything that's a problem. It's just. And it's not obvious. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You don't want to sleep in a bus terminal. (laughs)
0: You know? I think that we are. Shanna. You know. Yeah. Well, and the dream you
1: always have is a terminal. (gasps) Right. Yeah. And Lindsay, my daughter, we both have dreams of of a terminal. That's because you're living in it. Yeah. Holy shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah my mind's blown (laughs) (laughs) all right kelly sparta what else you got for me girl goosebumps (laughs) on the face (laughs) kelly i have a question for you
2: yeah
0: in 19 was it 98 you say you just chucked your life
2: (laughs) i did my friend at the time said i went off and joined the circus
0: (laughs) (laughs) it wasn't exactly wrong (laughs) I, I did that too, but I chucked it and then went to a sober living house. You went to a house with a magical practitioners. Yes. How did you get to that point? Like, who just says, fuck it, divorce, leaves their beautiful home and just gets in their car and goes to the house with a bunch of magical practitioners?
2: Well, let me just start by saying it was the middle of my Saturn return. And so we'll just start there. <laughs> And so I was 28. My husband and I had been in a cold war for five years or something, you know, The, the business that I was running that was very successful. I had burned out on in my first year and had never recovered running a Habitat for Humanity affiliate at the time I was president. And I was hiding by working 40 hours a week in the volunteer position and letting my assistant do the rest of the work. I was working 18 hours a week in my business and she was running the rest of it. And I just was like, oh, I'm too busy to go home. (laughs) So I don't have to talk to my husband. And I never really liked the house to begin with. So, you know, my husband and I, the Cold War ended up being, I like this. Well, I don't like that. Well, I like this. Well, I don't like that. Okay, we'll buy something neither of us really likes. And that's how we ended up with the black lacquer furniture and the big house that, you know, I didn't care about. So when you say, how do you get to the point where you check it? It's like, well, I sat down at one point and I just looked and I said, you know, I did the American dream checklist. I am nothing if not efficient. I was 28 and I had had everything that the American dream checklist said that you need to be happy. And I'd had it for five years at that point. And I was freaking miserable and I hated my life. I, I just hated pretty much everything about it. (laughs) Yeah, I'm done. I said, I had always wanted to be Auntie Mame without the alcohol. That was my deal. I don't know if you guys ever saw Auntie Mame, which was a 1960 something movie with Rosalind Russell and based on an actual woman named Mame Dennis, and she was real. She just was this amazing free spirit who traveled the world and did all these amazing things. And I always just wanted, she drank a lot, but I always wanted to be her without the alcohol, right? (laughs) So you know and my life looked nothing like that and i was like i did the american dream i did not do my dream it's time to do my dream mm-hmm.
1: good for wow. you yeah that's yeah. powerful and that, that
0: happened to me too yeah what is a, the first one a home like that look like sorry
2: shanna what is oh, the home magical home? home well ironically it's now a sober home <laughs> It's very funny that you say that that's where you went because, you know, ironically now, because the the people who owned it when I lived there have sold it and it's now a sober house for men. The house was a three-story plus a basement Victorian massive, 3,600 square feet, four bedrooms, three and a half baths um, on, you know, a corner lot in North Attleboro, Massachusetts and so with that information and and it's a little purple and so with that information you could probably find it on (laughs) if you did a search but um there was a a ley line that ran nearby that the person i usually refer to as my shaman but my friend at the time pulled in and made hit the corner of the house so that it woke the house up okay i have a ley line by my house too yeah I wouldn't wake your house wow. up, not with what you've got going on. That would probably not be ideal. No. The landline's not doing anything. I just wouldn't amplify okay. what's going on because it's just adding energy, right? Yeah. Um. So that you know, the house was hundred plus years old, big oak door uh, that was like four foot wide and two inches thick and carved wow. and beautiful, you know, and fireplace and all sorts of stuff. But you know, I met all these people working the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, oh, I worked fun. the Renaissance fair in California. And so I came out and, and worked King Richard's fair and in, in Carver, Massachusetts. And, and so I met all these people and it was owned by the evil Duke, right? <laughs> that was oh. his character at the Renaissance fair. He was the one who owned the house with his wife. And yeah, I practiced with them for about nine months and then moved in to one of the rooms because they had, it was just the two of them. So they had spare rooms. And so all of us who were practicing together ended up living in the house and there were various and roommates who came and went over the 4 years that I was there but you know we ended up actually having some very interesting rules that came uh-huh. from the house because you know came from the house they they came from the fact that people had done stupid things in the house yeah. and so, so you, had you know, to we had through. magical rules in the house no mucking about with time and space within the confines of the property which is there because somebody did and it was bad and no summoning anything bigger than your head if you summon it it's your job to banish it we don't care if you don't like ghosts that was from my my friend he did it he did moon magic and summoned somebody so no opening doors and windows that you don't know where they go okay if doors or windows open of their own accord do not wait to see what happens. Contact the house warden immediately. <laughs> this is an awesome house. <laughs> Again, every one of these rules happened because yeah. because <laughs> the experience oh, God. exactly. What's
0: really weird is my sober living home had similar rules, just a little bit different.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so,
0: yeah. <you> know, <laughs> come, rubs yeah. in that are bigger than your head,
3: or <laughs> 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 yeah.
2: So guests corporeal and non-corporeal may only stay for three days and they must stay in your room and that's because oh. rachel and her fairies rachel liked her fairies and they kept coming oh. into my room and messing with my stuff and then always 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 take out the trash right <laughs> those are the rules
1: ever seen that the
2: american horror stories no like a horror time. story person yeah me,
1: me neither usually but see i'm from new orleans so this was based on real events but they're just traumatized. But they have a house like that. Oh, and that's all funny. the witches come together and live there. And they're like kind of in training in some yeah. way. And then yeah. Marie Laveau comes over. And she's pissed off. She's like, this is my territory. Uh, so it, yeah, it, it was really good. It reminds me of your house.
2: Yeah. So the only horror story I've ever watched that I, I recommend to my students is the skeleton key. And oh, it's yeah. creepy, so not like gory. That's in
1: Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <coughs> so I, Yeah. Uh oh. (laughs) Leave her alone, Marie. Leave her alone. She's one of my ancestors, actually. Really? She is.
2: (coughs) I don't know what just went down my throat. Oh,
3: Oh, God. (coughs) Take a minute. Yeah. Seriously. Maybe
1: it was Marie.
2: For our listeners, can you explain to them what ley lines are? Ley lines are basically the arteries and veins of the earth. They be considered like, kind of like the meridians or no? Not really. Okay. And the reason I say not really is because there are positive and negative ley lines, whereas meridians oh. don't have positive and negatives, right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> good. Thank it you. It really it's is more like um, arteries and veins because one takes blood to the heart and one takes it away from the heart. So it's the blood is clean in one and dirty in another. So it's really more appropriate in that way. So, wow.
1: Thank you for explaining that.
2: So if you live on a negative ley line, the energy in the space is not going to be great.
1: Now you can actually go to websites online. I know they have websites online where you can actually see these ley lines of the earth. There's like a gazillion of them, but you can kind of like hone in into your area and get a clear picture of these ley lines are they? you know now that i'm thinking about it, they are sometimes different colors red yeah. blue okay <laughs> is that the negative and the positive yeah yeah good and that's, yeah
2: <clears throat> oh my god <throat>
1: are you okay i am fine
2: <gasps> i'm it yeah it'll be fine <clears throat> it's very humid and when i lived in louisiana i used to get nosebleeds all the time
1: that's so funny when my family from louisiana comes here they get <clears throat> nosebleeds
2: <clears throat> yeah It's the humidity. Where did
1: you live in Louisiana? New Orleans. You did? Yeah. Recently
0: I had this amazing journey where it was in a past life regression and I envisioned these like veins, like from the bottom of my feet. And there was two and they were going opposite directions and it was going to the heart of mother earth. Yeah. It was a beautiful experience. And she's like, give it to me, give me all of that negative and I will. Compost
2: it. Yes. Yes. It was beautiful. Wow. Wow. She composts it. Yeah, that's her thing.
1: So there's also chakras of the earth. And so do these ley lines, are they significant going towards each major energy center of the earth? So there are
2: energy vortices on the planet. Okay. For instance, um, Sedona, Arizona has a bunch of them. Right? Yeah, I've heard and that. And there are places in Tibet and Peru that have right. you know, strong power centers those power centers are are actually shifting and they have been in the process of shifting and they're reversing polarity peru has been the seat of the feminine and tibet has been the seat of the masculine and they're flipping right now wow
1: that that can't be good or maybe it is a shift is good, right? A I shift look for is a, a shift.
2: shift, you know? Right. I mean, yes, you know, we're the definitely world, going
1: through a shift.
2: Yeah, everything is a cycle, right? A friend of mine is a astrologer, and she's saying that we are in the process of coming out of a 20-year cycle is ending and a new one is beginning. And to, you know, sort of stay liquid, <laughs> right? Stay on oh, your toes and, uh, you know, yeah. stay centered, but not grounded so much. And this is one of those things that I tell people when they're on a hardcore spiritual path anyway. And the planet right now is on a hardcore spiritual path because of the coronavirus. And when you're on a hardcore spiritual path, you don't want to be grounding all the time. So when you're on an express train, you don't want to stick a rod down through the center of the train into ground or else it's just going to, right? it's just going to beat you up, right? So instead, what you want to do is you want to center. Centering is the act of bringing all of your awareness into the center of your being uh, which will be somewhere around your third chakra. It's about finding the same still point within that you get from grounding. Right? It won't be earth energy, but it will be the stillness that you're reaching out for when you ground. Does that make sense?
1: So okay. more of the feeling.
2: Well, you're going into your center,
1: so the center like of just your being you. Okay, of yeah. you.
2: center of you,
1: right? Don't anchor to the earth.
2: No, because you're in too much movement. You're moving too quickly. And when you're in your center, any martial artist will tell you when you're in your center, you are able to respond very quickly to anything that happens around you. Okay. And that's the benefit of being in that space when you're running quickly in your process.
1: I like that. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I think that people need to hear that right now. Yeah. You know, it always just pisses me off. It's like when I, when I was going through my journey and my root chakra was really calling me to find my ancestors. I was like, are you freaking kidding me? I just learned presence. Now you want me to go back. Now I just learned to be grounded. And now Kelly Sparta is telling me I need to not be grounded all the
2: way. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Sadly, this is spirituality is about the balance of opposites.
1: So... But it's great because you do you it's you're constantly learning and constantly trying to learn not only about your body but about the energies around you, what we're living on, what we have above us, what we have below us. So it's a balance and yeah. you're in the middle.
2: We're living in the matrix, right? The idea of being in the process. So if you think that we're in this sort of live action role-playing game, right? And the characters and the environment and the things that happen to us are all generated from us. This entire space that we call quote unquote reality is actually just a big old symbolic representation of what's going on inside of us. there's a saying as within, so without, as without, so within, as above, so below, as below, so above. There's this way in which in shamanic terms, we call this the waking dream. If you want to change the dream, you change the dreamer, not the dream itself, because the dreamer is the one who is creating the dream. If you want to change your reality, you have to change yourself, how you perceive the world, how you perceive yourself, what your belief structures are, and how you hold things one to another, You know how you associate things that's what holds together the fabric of your reality and if you want to restructure the fabric of your reality you have to restructure the fabric of your awareness
3: yeah Yeah. and so
2: learning to think in symbolic terms super helpful then you can see where the symbologies are showing up in multiple different places they won't show up as exactly the same symbol they'll show up as different symbols Let's say for instance, you see a house in your dream and you see a turtle on the side of the road and you see something that to you represents home, something that's very specific to you that represents home. And all of that represents home, which home on a larger scale, on a, on a cosmic scale is you you are home you are your own home that's why turtle represents home it's because turtle carries home on his back you may see multiple different things that represent home and that then means something in the larger picture right because there'll be like five or six different things that show up you may hear the song on the radio happy together by the turtles happy together is a very home feeling song for me you know it's like me and you i do i think About you day and night, it's only right, right? And you just like it's a very happy, homey song, and and it's done by the Turtles, who is carries home on his back, right? So when you start to see things on a symbolic level, you see all of these different interactions.
1: Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I'd say that, Mandy and I definitely we live for our synchronicities in life. It's what guides us, but it's what validates our journey.
0: And I think that you just took that up a level for me, Kelly. Yeah. We think of synchronicity as always as things that match and completely support one another. What you just told us is that you need to write them down because there's connection.
1: Yeah. Right. So we have a treat for our listeners, Kelly, you're going to do some sound healing We're very excited and honored to have you do that for us and our listeners. And I hope your voice will be okay.
2: It's stopped now, so I should be able to do it.
1: Okay. Um, And it gives our listeners an idea of what they could do with you, right? This is something that you do offer.
2: I don't do it as a separate service. I include it in my work with people. When we do retreats, we do a lot of sound healing at the retreats. On the podcast, I've done some sound healing And in the programs, as you go through my processes, when we get into journey work, I do guided meditations that have the sound healing underneath and things like that. I just want to say that we're in the process of a collective initiation. We've been in the forced hermitage. We're going back into hermitage because we didn't all get it the first time. And so, uh, Anytime you go into an initiate, initiation process, you always have a time of going within to to prepare for the journey through the doorway into the next state of being. And so, I think what I will do is I will do something to facilitate the transition through the doorway. Does that sound like a plan? Perfect. All right, here we go.
3: Oh,
2: shall I ever-
3: Yeah! Yeah. Oh oh, oh, oh! oh! Holy shit!
0: Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. That just take a minute, take a deep breath, feel your feet.
0: Yeah. Do you ever listen back and go, wow, I can't (laughs) believe I'm out of my body.
2: Honestly, I don't really listen back much.
0: How did you embrace
2: this and discover this? I just it just started coming out of me. I was was doing healings on people and I was at a spiritualist church. And there was a person on the pulpit doing readings from the pulpit. That's what they do. And he said to me that my voice has healing properties and that I needed to use it to do my healing work. I started to allow myself to vocalize as I did the work. The universe just kept putting vocal coaches in my path. (laughs) And so I've had more free vocal sessions than any person has a right to believe they should so it could come out of you yeah exactly because it was already in you yeah I've always been I was one of those kids who made noises all the time I'll walk around the house here and make up sound make up songs make my whole up.
1: house is like that we, yeah. we call ourselves a musical we're like yeah. you know all day long someone's got one
2: yeah <laughs> making them up from scratch as I go you know life has a soundtrack right yeah. so you know my husband will say something and it'll trigger something and off I go yeah but,
0: right so yeah. fun wow, that was powerful thank you Can you tell our listeners where they can find you and maybe talk for a moment just about your workshops and what you offer?
2: Yeah, you can find me at kellysparta.com, which is K-E-L-L-E, Sparta, like the Greek city-state, S-P-A-R-T-A. I run the Sacred Power and Purpose Mystery School, and that is the path of learning to step fully into your power and your purpose in the world through doing deep process of personal growth and transformation and learning magic while you do it.
1: God, I love you, Kelly.
2: Thanks. <clears throat> I'm really enjoying this process, guys. This is this is a lot of fun. I've learned a
0: lot. Yeah, I love your podcast. You've been doing it for a long time. You're like one of the OGs.
1: If <laughs> <laughs> you want more of Kelly, listen to her podcast. Yeah, yeah I go to her website. Thanks uh, so much, Kelly. Thank you. Yeah, thank you All so right. much, Kelly. Thank you.